Good morning. From the newsroom of the Financial Times, today is Thursday, February 28th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Today, the world's largest sovereign wealth fund cuts its 1 billion euro stake in Volkswagen almost in half. The UK Labour Party formally comes out in favor of a second Brexit referendum, and Russian hackers step up their campaign to disrupt the EU's next elections. Then the FT's Kadam Schuber explains the biggest takeaways from the testimony of U.S. President Donald Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen. I'm Eric Krupke, and here's the news you need to start your day. Norway's $1 trillion oil fund has cut its 1 billion euro stake in German car maker Volkswagen almost in half. The world's biggest sovereign wealth fund reduced its holding in VW from 1.32% in 2017 to 0.77% by the end of last year. It's the first time the sell-down has been made public. The oil fund has been the biggest independent voting shareholder at VW for the past six years. The fund has publicly expressed its frustration over corporate governance at VU several times. It's complained that a plan for VW to take over Porsche, quote, leaves the impression of being designed to suit the needs of the Porsche-controlling families at the expense of Volkswagen and its non-controlling owners, end quote. The fund is also one of the investors suing VW over the carmaker's diesel emissions scandal. The VW sell-down coincides with recent performance figures for the Norwegian fund, showing that in 2018, it suffered its worst performance since the global financial crisis. It had a return of minus 6.1%. The results are likely to stoke a debate about the wisdom of the fund increasing its equity holdings from 60% to 70% of its assets. UK Labour leader Jeremy Corbyn has said that his party will formally back a new Brexit referendum. The shift came after his own plan for the UK leaving the EU, which included a permanent membership of the European Customs Union, failed on Wednesday in a parliamentary vote. The eyes to the right, 240. The nose to the left, 323. Shadow Chancellor John McDonnell told ITV that Labour will back a second referendum amendment when Theresa May presents her revised Brexit deal to Parliament. She's promised to do that on March 12th. Mr. Corbyn added that he would continue to push for other options, including Labour's Brexit plan and a general election. Mr. Corbyn has long been resistant to the idea of a second referendum, but he finally agreed to the change in policy after eight pro-EU MPs resigned from the party. There were several other parliamentary votes on Wednesday evening, but they were largely anticlimactic because Theresa May's government had already conceded on the main points. And Russian hackers have sharply stepped up a campaign to disrupt EU elections in May, and officials and tech companies are scrambling to come up with a response. Three senior diplomats said the bloc expected Russia-based organizations to attempt to try to influence the vote in 27 member states for new members of European Parliament. Cybersecurity experts say there's been a sudden uptick in Russian state-sponsored hacking activity against European governments, media, and civil society organizations in recent months. EU officials say that the rise in nationalist, far-right, and fringe groups across the bloc has increased the potential for disinformation efforts through social media. At the same time, three main party alliances that have dominated European politics have been weakened, and that's made the ballot a critical vote on the future of the union. Brussels is scrambling to build up a block-wide early warning system of disinformation attacks in member states. 
The EU doesn't have its own intelligence service, but in 2016, it set up what it calls a hybrid fusion cell to gather information from member states on potential attacks. Alleged Russian activities in a recent Macedonian referendum ranged from paying people to protest to organizing online campaigns to boycott the vote. The Russian government has consistently denied meddling in foreign elections or supporting hacking groups. And here's a closer look at a story we're following. Thank you for inviting me here today. On Wednesday, U.S. President Donald Trump's former personal lawyer, Michael Cohen, testified before the House Oversight and Reform Committee in Congress. Last year, Mr. Cohen was convicted for several crimes, including tax fraud and lying to Congress, and he was sentenced to three years in prison. Yesterday, he appeared before the same committee. He gave a dark view of the president, offering testimony about several potential crimes he helped the president commit. The FT's U.S. legal and enforcement correspondent, Kadam Schuber, explains some of the biggest takeaways. I pled guilty in federal court to felonies for the benefit of, at the direction of, and in coordination with individual number one. And for the record, individual number one is President Donald J. Trump. Michael Cohen's testimony to Congress on Wednesday was one of the most dramatic moments of the Trump presidency so far. This was a man who was Trump's personal attorney and his fixer for a decade. And here he was before the House Oversight Committee, turning on his former boss, calling him, amongst other things, a quote. He's a racist, he is a con man, and he is a cheat. One of the key pieces of testimony that Mr. Cohen gave concerned the Trump Tower Moscow discussions. In conversations we had during the campaign, at the same time I was actively negotiating in Russia for him. He told Congress on Wednesday that Donald Trump had ordered him to lie about it. But critically, he said that it wasn't a direct and explicit order. He would look me in the eye and tell me there's no Russian business and then go on to lie to the American people by saying the same thing. In his way, he was telling me to lie. Trump, quote, you made clear to him that he wanted him to lie about it. Mr. Trump knew of and directed the Trump-Moscow negotiations throughout the campaign and lied about it. He also said that he briefed Donald Trump Jr. and Ivanka Trump, and he suggested that there were about 10 briefings in total. Uh, He characterized it like this. He said, you know, the company was involved in the deal, which meant the family was involved in the deal. A lot of people have asked me about whether Mr. Trump knew about the release of the hacked documents, the Democratic National Committee emails, ahead of time. And the answer is yes. Mr. Cohen said Roger Stone phoned Donald Trump, told him that WikiLeaks would be releasing emails that would damage Hillary Clinton's campaign, and that Donald Trump responded to the effect of... Wouldn't that be great? The interesting thing here is you have to cast your mind back to 2016 and remember what was or wasn't public. You know, uh, Roger Stone has been indicted by Robert Mueller, the special counsel, for lying to Congress about you know his efforts to contact WikiLeaks. And in that indictment, it says that Roger Stone knew as early as June 2016 that WikiLeaks would be publishing emails. At the hearing on Wednesday, a Republican congressman held up a Guardian article from June 2016 
that reported that Assange was planning to publish more Hillary Clinton emails. So it's unclear whether any conversation that Roger Stone and Donald Trump had about WikiLeaks, whether that was based off public information or based off non-public information. Mr. Trump is a cheat. I am giving to the committee today three years of Mr. Trump's personal financial statements. We also learned a little about Donald Trump's finances from Mr. Cohen's testimony. He provided to the committee three years of sort of financial summaries of Donald Trump's assets and liabilities and his, his net worth for 2011, 2012, 2013. Michael Cohen said that these were documents that Donald Trump had provided to Deutsche Bank as part of an attempt to, to get a loan. It was my experience that Mr. Trump inflated his total assets when it served his purposes. In 2013, Donald Trump put his net worth in these financial summaries at about $8.7 billion. Fully $4 billion of that was his, you know, his assessment of his um, quote-unquote brand value. So not a tangible asset, but moreover, you know, what is a Trump name worth? I may not be able to change the past, but I can do right by the American people here today. Michael Cohen will appear before Congress again today, this time in front of a closed session of the House Intelligence Committee. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today we'll be following the U.S. GDP figures for the fourth quarter of 2018. They're being released today at 1.30 p.m. GMT. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for all the latest business news. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.